say I'm glad to see you today. Glad to see you this morning. Amen. Beautiful to see each of you gathered on this morning. Amen. God has been good to us. Whereof we're glad and we're thankful and we're grateful. Amen. We just have to appreciate each day, each moment that we have with somebody. People are leaving here, seems like at an alarming rate. Amen. I have a group of friends and we're all the same age and we text each other and we talk and we've just talked about just even in the last couple of months, the end of 2022 up until now, how many people our age and younger have just, have just been leaving and it seems like such a rate and it's one thing that makes you want to appreciate somebody while they're with you, appreciate the time that you have now. And I'm not saying don't, 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 don't be foolish in, in, in regard with the tomorrow, but we ought to spend a little time appreciating today. We, we have so much focus on our future and what will be and what we will have and what we're going to do when we get here and when we get there that sometimes we fail to appreciate the precious moments of now. And I'm just, I hope to impart that upon your heart. Appreciate the beauty, the beauty of now, the beauty of right now, because tomorrow is not promised. We do not know what tomorrow holds, but if we just appreciate the beauty of now, God's doing good things for us right now. Is that right? He's doing great things for us right now. And, and, I, and while we expect and live with expectancy as to what God will do, let us not lose the beauty of now. And I want you to appreciate and think about that today and, and the days going forward. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord. We're going to Psalm 37. And we're going to look at verse 4. Again, that's Psalm 37 and 4. Our focus this year, as we've stated on last, last week, is going to be about how to live hungry. How to live hungry. How to live hungering. And of course, not after the things of this world, but after the things of God. And we talked about on last week, it said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, let me remember, let's see how many people were listening, shall be what? Feel. Not only filled, what's the word we used last week? Satisfied. Satisfied. Satisfied is such a, a, an important thought and concept that they shall be satisfied. And we want to learn how to live and exist satisfied, despite what we have despite what we desire. It's our, it is a goal that we're going to teach and learn on this year in 2023 that we're going to live hungry. And when we hunger after the right things, God is going to cause us to be satisfied. Somebody say, I want to be satisfied. Psalm 37 and 4 reads like this. And from uh, we're going to read from the New King James Version. Psalm 37 and 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Lord, open our hearts and minds and our spirits, Lord, to allow us to be receptive to your word. Lord, let us recognize this destiny moment and live in it and re realize that we should not leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We're talk, still talking about how to live hungry, and today we want to talk about delighting ourselves in the Lord. Delighting ourselves in the Lord. And I want to talk about delight from two perspectives. One perspective that I want to talk about in delighting ourselves in the Lord is making ourselves, doing that which is necessary to make sure that God delights in us. In other words, what I'm saying is to make ourselves, put ourselves in a position to be pleasing to God. We have to put ourselves in a position where God delights in us. God views favorably, looks at us favorably. It's not that God doesn't love you. God loves you regardless of what you've done, of where you've been, of what you're in, or what you're doing right now. God still loves us. But we're not talking about simply love. We're talking about God delighting in us, us finding favor in the sight of God, living in a way that is pleasing to him. See, the thing about a lot of these scriptures here that we find and we look at them in the Bible, we like the last portion of the scripture, but we don't want to focus on what the first portion of the scripture requires. We want to say, delight thyself in the Lord. We skip through that, and then we say, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We do that with a lot of scriptures. Seek ye, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things <laughs> shall be. We, we, we focus on the latter portion of the scripture, but the first portion of the scripture is really a prerequisite. It's saying for you to have access to what is at the end of the scripture, you have to be responsible for the beginning portion of the scripture. That is your prerequisite. So God, he wants to give us, he wants, and I need you to get that because that is an, an, an elemental concept that you have to understand with God because a lot of times we've been taught about a punitive God, the God of the, of the Old Testament, and we think God wants to punish us. But, but, but what God wants to do, as this scripture lays out, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That is his desire for us. But there are some requirements for us to get there. There are some things that you have to do, and sometimes you'll find friends who say, I can't get with the fire and brimstone type of God that you guys talk about. Well, well, what that is is a fundamental understanding. God loves us more than any human being could ever love us. There's, there's an the enormous amount of love that God has for us, but yet for us to live the life that he wants from us, there are things that we have to do. There are things that we have to be ready. In other words, he wants to bless us, but he wants to make sure that we are prepared for the blessing. We're prepared for the blessing. And many of you know right now, there are people who are not simply who have who've received a blessing, but they weren't prepared for. You can have a blessing, you can get a blessing, but then you're not prepared for. All right. We've been considering, my, my wife and I have been considering because time is upon us quickly. And for many of you, you probably, it's hard for you to imagine, but my daughter will be 13 years old this year. She will be driving soon. We began to consider what is going to be necessary to prepare her for that. But what I know right now is that she doesn't need a car right now. I'm not going to put her behind the wheel of a car now. If I were to go and buy her a new vehicle, the vehicle is a blessing, but if I gave it to her, she's not ready for it. She's not prepared for it. 
And many of us, there are things that we desire and, and, and want to have from God, but if we're honest with ourselves, we're simply not prepared for it. I want you to consider in your mind how many people were millionaires, but they weren't ready for it, and now they're broke. Mike Tyson making hundreds of millions of dollars, and now he's still doing commercials and shows so that he can pay his bills and, and pay the IRS. Hundreds, I'm talking, not, not millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. But yet he finds himself in a deficit. Why? Because the money itself was a blessing. Remember, we talked about it on last week. Money's not the root of all evil. I say, the Bible says it's the love of money. I say it's the pursuit of money. It's the things that we do to get money that often cause us to fall into evil. It's not the money. The money itself was a blessing, but he wasn't ready for it. He wasn't prepared for it. He didn't have a strategy in place that would help him to live on the level that the money would allow him to live. And that's what happens because sometimes we don't have processes or structures in place to be ready for what the blessing looks like. I love, I love this church, and I want this church to continue to grow. If God sent us 1,000 members on next week, what would we do with them? We're not, we're not ready for that. God has to prepare you for that next step. God has to make you ready for what is about to happen. So while you're crying and whining about where you are, maybe God is simply making you ready for the blessing that he has in store for you. A lot of you all want a million dollars right now. What would you do with it? Some of you don't have checking accounts. Where are you going to put that million dollars? Where are you going to deposit it? Do you even know what interest-bearing account you should put it in to maximize the, the potential of that money? Well, what I'm saying is that there are certain things that we might be praying for, but we are not yet even prepared. I say this all the time. People say, I need a brand new car. Baby, is your driver's license up to date? Are, are you prepared for the blessing that God is trying to send in your direction? Are you ready for it? And a lot of times we're in a state where God is getting us ready if we recognize where we are. God has put you in a place that's like a, a child that's in school, but, but they're not doing their work. They're not paying attention. They're not, gather, they're not taking hold of the learning that should happen in that moment. And what I'm telling somebody right now is that you're in a moment where you should be learning something. You should be gathering information about where you are so that you can grow from where you are so that you can be ready for what God has for you next. Some of you are praying for next, but you're not seizing the importance of now. Right now, I'm not in a holding pattern, sitting in a waiting room, waiting on somebody to come give me my blessing. But rather, right now, I'm in a moment. I'm in class. God is teaching and instructing me right now in this moment so that I can be prepared for what he has for me next. I can't be ready for next until I learn the lesson of now. Oh, let me give you that again. You can't be prepared for next until you learn the lesson of right now. If I'm not learning my lesson in this moment, because even my storms are teaching me something. My trials, my trials, you ought, to, you ought to call your trials and storms lessons because they're trying to teach you something. And the question is, are you learning the lesson of this trial? Are you getting, gathering the instruction for this storm? Because if you're not, then you're setting yourself up to repeat the lesson. You're repeating the same grade. You're repeating the same trial. 
And some of you then have the audacity to ask God, Lord, why do I keep going through this? Because you didn't learn it the first time. You're repeating the lesson, you're repeating the storm because you didn't learn the lesson. You're repeating the, the, the trial because you didn't gather the instruction. God trying to teach you something out of this. But if you don't gather the lesson, you're bound to repeat the same storm and the same trial that you went through before. God's trying to teach you something from this. He's trying to instruct you in this. I notice that even David, and we love David, and God loved David, a man who, who, who pursued after God's own heart. The man we're talking, we were even talking about today, delighting thyself in the Lord. But one of the things I found about David, and David made profound mistakes. But of his profound mistakes that we see recorded in the Bible, he didn't repeat them. At least he made different mistakes. <laughs> he counted the people. He shouldn't have done that, but he didn't get caught doing that again. He, he got caught doing that once. He made a mistake with Bathsheba, and God, God, God profoundly punished him, instructed him, and was hard on him, but he didn't make that same mistake again. He made a different mistake. What I'm saying is that even in his mistakes and his errors, because he sought after God's heart, he learned the lesson of his trial. He learned the lesson of his mistake. He learned the error of his ways. And that's what we have to do. It's incumbent upon us to learn, God, what are you trying to tell me right now? Instead of us saying to God, Lord, why do I keep going over the same thing? Maybe we ought to question and ask the Lord, God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? Am I learning the lesson of this trial? I want to learn it because I don't want to go through it again. I wish I had help here. Because sometimes God gives you a light affliction, and because we don't learn the lesson of that light affliction, sometimes it comes harder the next time. Sometimes maybe it didn't get your attention the first time, so then it comes a little harder the next time because you didn't learn the lesson of the light affliction. So God had to make sure that he got your attention. And somebody right now, you're in the middle of the storm because God's trying to get your attention. Uh, God's trying to make sure that you are listening to what he has to say. God came to Moses by fire. He had to come in a strange way because he wanted to make sure that he had Moses' attention. And Moses then turned aside to the burning bush and he began to hear from the, the word of the Lord because that fire got his attention. And maybe your trial, maybe your storm that you're suffering right now is just God's burning bush in your life. God's trying to get your attention. And whatever God's trying to teach you right now, I dare you to just throw up your hands and just say, help me, Lord. Help me learn the lesson of this trial. Help me learn the lesson of this storm. I don't want to go through this again. I wish I had some witnesses in here. Don't want to go by this way again. I don't want to have to deal with this again. Lord, help me learn the lesson of this trial. Help me to gather the instruction of this storm. I'm trying to delight myself in the Lord so that I am pleasing to him. So that the things that I do are pleasing in his sight. So God looks upon me not just because he loves me, but he looks upon me favorably. He looks upon me with favor. I want that same favor, the favorable look is how he looked upon Joseph. How he looked upon David. I want that same look of favor that he had upon them. So therefore, I'm going to put myself in a position where God delights in me. 
And what do I mean? Do I mean I'm not going to make any mistakes? No, David made plenty of mistakes. David made big mistakes. But yet, because he pursued after God's heart, because he learned the lesson of his trial and his storm, even though he erred along the way and he kept messing up, but at least his heart was in the right place. And if I'm going to make a mistake, let's make sure my heart is in the right place. If I'm going to make a mistake, let me make a mistake going after God as hard as I possibly can. And Lord, if I make a mistake, Lord, I believe you're going to correct me. And when you correct me, I don't think it's going to be more than I'm able to bear. But cause my heart and my mind to go after God, to go after the things of God, to go make sure that I'm pleasing God in the things that I do and pleasing God in the things that I say. So that I, God can delight in me, so that I can find favor in situations that even seem unfavorable. So that I can be like Joseph and find favor even though I'm a slave in the master's house. That I can find favor even when I'm cast in prison uh, and, and, and I've been falsely accused. Wherever I go, allow me to have the favor of God where I am because I'd rather live inside God's favor to live in big mansions. I'd rather drive along the road in my little A to B car that barely gets me there and be driving in God's favor than to be driving in the most expensive luxury vehicle. I want to live. I want to exist wherever I am. I want to make sure that I'm in God's favor because I want God to delight in me. God's delight in my existence because I I, I make mistakes, but but when I make mistakes, I'm trying to do God's will. Yes, I err along the way, and maybe I'll offend my brother and my sister, but while I'm doing it, I'm trying to do God's will. And God, while man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart, and God knows that my heart is going to be in the right place. Let's make sure that in all our doing, because I'd rather you, I'd rather you give me $5, give your brother $5 with a good heart than to give him $500 progressively. Because it's important how you do it. It's important that you do it with the right heart. It's important that you do it with the right spirit. Because you're going to be blessed more with the five than the 500 if you do it with the right heart. If you do it with the right spirit. And that's what God is looking on. While man sees what you're doing on the outside, God is looking upon your heart. That's why when he went and watched and observed those who were giving, I'm sure somebody there gave thousands or maybe tens of thousands of dollars. But Jesus didn't observe that person. He didn't make a remark on that person. He made a remark on the widow who gave her two mites. Those two mites, which rub together, don't even equal one penny. He, he, he remarked on her because she was giving out of her heart. She was giving that the last of what she had. Because he was remarking on not what was given, but how she was giving. And some of you right now, see, the problem is you have two mites and you don't want to give them because they're less than what your neighbor has. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I have two mites and I might as well keep them because they're not as valuable as what he has. They're not as valuable as what she gives. Okay, let me bring it down. Let me turn down your road, my blinker zone. But some of you, you don't give the gift that God has given you because you don't think your gift is as big as their gift. My gift is not as profound as their gift. My gift is not as special as their gift. 
Might not be able to sing like the praise team, but from my pew, I'm going to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I, I'm going to sing. I'm going to lift my voice. I might not sing like them, but the little bit that I do have, Lord, I'm going to give that to you. How, how, even though it may seem small, it, it, it's not how much it is. It's the spirit with which I give it. I'm going to give him my best. I'm going to give him my all. I'm going to show God that everything that I have belongs to him. Everything, everything. Somebody say everything. Everything, every, every part of me that I have belongs to him. And I'm going to, I'm going to give it to him. And what I tell you, and I tell you like this, when you give the best of what you have and you're sharing your gift, you're sharing what you have, then God feels obligated to give you more. He feels obligated to give you more. Why? Because he knows that you have a spirit that you're going to share and give what you have. Somebody might be in need and, and, and other people are giving them $50, but all you have is five. But God wants you to give that fire. Give them that fire because no, God knows you're giving it out of your heart. You're giving it with the right spirit. So you know what? God feels obligated to, to restore not only the five, but to give you more because he knows that you have the heart of a giver. And you're going to share what, I wish you were here with me. You're going to share what little bit you have with somebody else. Because there may be somebody with millions, but they won't share that million. But you have your 20, and you're going to give your 20. You're going to be a blessing to somebody else. You're going to share the little bit of what you have. So God feels obligated to restore what you already have. He feels obligated to replenish what you have. That's why the Bible says, give, and it shall be given unto thee. Press down, shaken together, and running over. God's going to give you good measure. He's going to give you a, that, that abundance because you have shown yourself willing to give. And I'm not just talking about the church. and We get stuck on that. Yes, we should give unto the, unto the Lord. But I'm talking about having a giving spirit that you give to those people who are around you. Some people around you, some people just need you, you to give them a smile. And some of us are too stingy to even give a smile. They need to give a smile because sometimes that smile unlocks another door because there's something maybe on their heart that they want to share with you, but you don't look approachable enough for them to share, and they need your advice. They need your wisdom. They need to share with them your, you need to share with them your testimony. And God is willing to open doors for us when we show ourselves to have a spirit where we're willing to share with somebody else. I'm talking about delighting ourselves in the Lord so God looks upon us with favor. Because I'd rather be in a bad situation and have God's favor than to be in a good situation and not have him. Wherever I go, I, I want to have God's favor. I'd rather it look like everything's going wrong around me and have God's favor than for everything to look good and not walk inside the favor of God. The safest place in the whole wide world is inside the will of God. Wherever I am and however bad it looks, I want to be inside God's will. And that's why David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for goodness and mercy are with me even though I'm in a terrible situation. 
I still have confidence. I still have peace. I still have my praise because I know that the Lord is with me. Somebody say, God is with me. But the other side of delight, we talked about delighting in terms of how we behave. But I, I, I want to talk about God making sure that we're favorable in the sight of God. But I also want to talk about, as I close, us finding satisfaction in God. Not only we're not talking about delight where God looks upon us favorably, but we're also talking about delight is that I find my happiness and I find my joy in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. A lot, and we say that a lot, but, but, but do we really mean it? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I find joy and happiness and peace in doing the things that God desires me to do. I find joy, I find peace in making sure that what I do lines up with God. That means I find joy in praying to God. Why do I find joy in praying to God? Because when I pray, the Bible says men ought to always pray and not faint. The really reason many of us faint, the really reason many of us lack strength is because we have not prayed. But when I find my strength in joy in praying, when I find my strength and joy in letting God know what I'm going through, then I feel a little bit better after I pray. Because my joy and my strength is not in everything looking like it's okay. But my joy and my strength is found in letting God know I need his help. So that means when things don't line up, because see, let me tell you, that this, how, this is how it works. When you find your peace in things looking right, then when they look wrong, you're devastated. My, my peace is not found in everything lining up in my direction. And I tell you right now, we have a generation of children having worked in education. We have a generation of children, I, I guess we made the way too easy for them. They see one thing go wrong and they think everything's over. They see one thing happen that, that day and their day is over. They're ready to give up. They're ready, ready to throw in the towel because they're not accustomed to adversity because their hope and their joy is found in how their circumstance looks. They're basing on what it looks like. It's, it's raining. Some of you all say it, say it too, and you got to be careful what you speak. Oh, it's raining. It's going to be a bad day. It's raining and cold. This won't be a good day. Their outlook, your outlook is based upon your circumstances, but your joy and your peace cannot be contingent upon what it looks like. Your joy and your peace ought to be contingent upon what God told you because faith comes by hearing. It comes by hearing. If God says I'm above and not beneath, doesn't matter what it looks like. I find my joy and my delight and my peace in what God told me. I find my joy and my delight in praying to God and him telling me that everything is going to be all right so I can walk out the door and it seems like everything's falling apart, but I don't lose hope because I know what God told me. I dare you to point at somebody right now and say, I know what God told me. I know what God told me. So, so we can be cast down but not destroyed because I know what God told me. We can be persecuted on every side and not distressed because I, I, I know what God told me. We can, we can hear bad news 
But we're still not depressed because we understand what God told me. And then when my reality doesn't seem to match up with what God told me, I'm going to keep on listening because I know my good news is coming. I'm not basing it on what I see, but I'm basing it upon what God. I wish y'all were in here with me. I'm basing it upon what God told me. That's why I keep telling you Elijah wasn't phased when the little boy said there is no rain. Because what he was hearing simply didn't match up with what God told him. And what had God told him? God, he had heard in his ears, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Oh, I dare somebody declare it over your own life. Say it to yourself. Say, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Oh, I dare you to speak that over 2023. It may have been dry in 22, but in 23, I'm declaring over my life, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I didn't say I see rain. I didn't say I see clouds. I didn't say I hear thunder. I didn't say I see lightning. But what I said is I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And what that means is I hear something coming that I don't see yet. I hear something coming that's not in my experience. But my God told me whatever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on earth it shall be loosed in heaven. My God told me he said declare those things that are not as though they were. So I'm saying in my spirit when I wake up in the morning I hear the sound of the abundance of rain when I'm on my job and they're acting crazy. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain when somebody looks at me funny. I'm not worried about them, but I hear the sound of the abundance of rain when I look at my checking account and it doesn't look like it's enough. I hear, I wish you were in here with me. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. So when somebody tells me something different, I'm not worried about what they say. I'm not worried about what I see. But I'm going to go ahead and give God some praise because I hear it. Somebody say, I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. God told me that I'm going to believe and stand on what God said. Everybody stand into your feet. Point at three people and say, I hear it. 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 Hear it! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
me give you something. Oh, ha. Oh, Oh, ha. I'm happy about what God's saying. I need to get it out, though. If you're here, if you're here, and if you're listening online, God didn't give me this message for me. He gave me this message for all of you. He gave me this message for all of you. So, so I want you to get this. Everybody in Israel didn't hear it. Everybody, everybody in Israel, they didn't hear it. I, I hear somebody right now saying, Pastor, I don't hear it, but, but I want you to know it's all right because you're here today. For those of you online, you didn't even make it in the sanctuary, but you hear me today. And I'm telling you, the message is for you. The only person in Israel who heard it was Elisha. But it rained on everybody. The only person who heard it was Elisha. But when the rain came, it rained on on everybody so I came to tell somebody if you're listening today you might not hear it but God said it's for you point at three people and say it the word is for you the word is for you the word is for you hallelujah it's for you even if you don't hear it even if you don't hear it if you don't hear it God said the word it's for you. I, I hear it on your behalf. And I'm declaring it on your behalf. I'm speaking it on your behalf. That I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And if it rains on me, it's going to rain on you. It's going to rain on you. It's gonna 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 rain on you. Hallelujah! Oh, come on, give God some praise right there. Somebody say, Rain on me, Lord. Rain on me, Lord. Rain on me, Lord. Rain on me, Lord. Hallelujah. Rain on me. Rain on me. Rain on me. I've spoken it. I've declared it. You've heard it. And you've accepted it. Now regarding God's word, I need you to have that spirit of Elisha. When you walk out tomorrow morning and it looks dry. Rain is still coming. <laughs> when they tell you you can't do it, I want to let you know your rain is still coming. When they tell you you're not qualified, I, I want you to know the rain is still coming. When the doctor says your health doesn't match up with what God told you, I want you to know the rain is still coming. It's still coming. God said, when you delight, when you delight in me, 
I will give you the desires of your heart. That means there are some things you haven't asked for. Some things that you haven't even spoken. But yet God hears your heart. God says, I'm listening to your heart. God doesn't need it, but just imagine a spiritual stethoscope being placed over your heart. And God is listening to the things that you don't even say. The things that you don't even desire to utter. The thing that you don't even think you deserve. God's saying, I, I hear your heart. I hear not only what you need, but I hear what you stand and desire. Even in the depths of your heart. And now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. God said, I hear your heart. God said, I'm listening to your heart. And when you delight in me, when you find satisfaction in me, God said, I'll give you the very desires of your heart. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you. Lord, for this moment, we thank you for this day. And Lord, most of all, we thank you for your word. Lord, help us to stop trying to find delight in other things. Let us not try to find happiness in the things of this world. But Lord, let us align our hearts and our minds that you might delight in us. Help us to seek satisfaction in the things of you. Help us to find, allow the joy of the Lord to be our strength. Lord, help us to find peace that passes all understanding in our, on our knees and in your word. Right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, even the unspoken utterances of our heart. We're declaring right now, Lord, that you're going to do it. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And Lord, we speak that over your people right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, all we have to do is open our hearts and our minds and recognize it's not what it looks like. But Lord, our rain, the rain is coming. Lord, rain on us right now. Rain on us right now. In every portion of our lives, Lord, let us experience your rain in our lives. And Lord, we declare all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching on us online, may the rain of God continue to flow in your lives until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.